Hey everybody, welcome back to the Three Cast. I'm your host Matt. I'm joined by Vince and Ricky. The boys are back. What up? What's up? It's been like we haven't done an episode since September 9th. It was the last time wow. I uploaded an episode, so that's been we took a good couple months off. So, yeah. fellas, uh, this is the Three Cast. In case you guys didn't know, I mean, you you just showed up for a random Skype call at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> So we review movies, TV shows every once in a while. Every once in a while, we'll do a comic book. This time, we are doing another Bond film. We uh, so we started reviewing Bond like in 2018, maybe. Uh, we're on like what? This is like the sixth one, right? Oh, is- I don't, no, no, no! Is it? All right, so th- we actually have this right there. This is the the ninth one. So we've made it nine films in in like four years mm-hmm. <laughs> and when who's, whose turn is it next it's it's your turn to pick a movie okay um, good this went re- last with producers this was mine you guys can start drawing now <laughs> is it gonna be fast and furious man <laughs> we're gonna do the entire franchise oh you oh, got God. me <laughs> right from the can, can we can we at least skip the second one I mean, please. Was that, the, was that Tokyo? Yeah, I was. Just, I I was we were doing Bond the other day, and it just hit me. What the hell? We should do Fast and Furious. <laughs> uh, I, I, I. See, this is the thing. This is the problem, Matt. When you make us watch a bad Bond movie, then the, it just gives Ricky ideas to do like <laughs> other bad franchise. <laughs> All right. So the 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 Bond movie that we did this time was The Man with the Golden Gun. And this is the second Roger Moore film that we've watched. And um, Vince, you're the best with summary, so why don't you... Oh, no, I was so hoping you were going to ask this, <laughs> this summary because I have, like, the, the worst perspective on this summary. Um, so, so okay, here's my Vince's skewed perspective on this. So if you didn't get enough racism from the last Bond movie with black people, guess what? Let's take this Roger Moore racism. And for the record, this guy's a United Nations ambassador, too. Sorry, he's dead, but... Um, so for the record, this guy's the United Nations ambassador. So after the coming off of doing all the black racism from the last James Bond movie, now he's going to take it to the east. So now we're going to have some really bad uh, uh, stuff with kung fu fighting. So long story short, uh, James Bond uh, gets a golden bullet. Basically, it's it's targeted for him. Um, and there's only one assassin in the world that's comparable to James Bond, um, and that is Scaramanga. Okay, and Scaramanga has this big uh, multi-million contract. Um, and he's working for uh, basically a guy that's trying to set up uh, solar power because remember this is 1970s, so uh, Ricky might remember this. The oil crisis was driving people. All the tree huggers and dirty hippies were thinking about like environmental stuff. <laughs> so as a result, it was like, look, Greta, this is the problem with solar energy because not only can you use it to offset a lot of the energy demands in the world, but also apparently they can make mini Death Stars. Right? What is the thing? With James Bond villains and lasers, right? So um, that's that's the whole premise. Uh, it's the MacGuffin is that um, basically the thing that everyone's trying to get after is is the kind of capacity this this kind of solar power device that yeah. I couldn't for the life of me figure out what was going on here. And uh, and basically uh, the, it, the the whole entire uh, thing takes uh, James Bond out to like Hong Kong and Macau. Again, represent the Asians. Um, and of course, I think Cambodia and Thailand, or maybe not Cambodia, but Thailand for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And and basically, um, the villain is Scaramanga. He's played by uh, Christopher Lee, who I should mention is like he, he that that dude. 
at that point in time, he I remember watching like the Dracula and the um, uh, Sherlock Holmes movies. So uh, that guy was in his heyday, too. So like this is a very topical movie for that time. Like the energy crisis was there. Um, the Kung Fu fighting craze. Remember, Bruce Lee had just uh, kind of uh, hit the stride and, and, and unfortunately died. But, you know, the, there's, a, there's a requisite James Bond fighting scene. There's the Dukes of Hazard kind of oh of course because we had to take the racist sheriff from the last movie again. Oh I, my God, yes, I, I was like, what the fuck? He just happens to be that. in Thailand because of course any good racist wants to go to a third world Asian country for I don't know why, but just sure on a vacation, right? Um, Best part was when he's pushed into the the river by the elephant. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but I was also gonna say like while we're talking about pushing things in the river, like again, this is where you're like. James Bond does some stuff, and then again, Roger Moore, like he's again you, working for the United Nations in real life. But <clears throat> not only was there black racism, not was there Asian racism, but do you remember that scene where they're in the boat and he just pushes the little boy into the water? Uh, uh, hey, make my boat go faster, I'll give you some money, then I'll have to owe you. Yeah, and then he just pushes the kid in the water, and you're just like, wait, 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 man, that, 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 like. Like, you know, Daniel Craig is supposed to be like the cold, badass James Bond. I mean, this, this Roger Moore is like, screw kids, right? Um, and, and of course you, it's the requisite, uh, James Bond villain lair, like in a tropical destination. Of course you have to have the, like literally Swedish models wearing bathing suits, just like running away from explosions and stuff going on at the end. And of course the requisite sidekick is, um, the little dude from, uh, Fantasy Island, uh, uh, I was know, trying to figure out where I knew that. It's the plane, the plane guy. It's the plane guy. I can't remember what his name is. Um, but he's the he's the requisite little sidekick, and it culminates in <laughs> a kind of quasi battle scene uh, with a duel because, uh, of course, um, I, I, the one thing I did kind of admire was um, that conversation when they have at lunch where uh, Scaramanga is sitting with, of course, uh, James Bond, and between them is his scantily clad uh, female accomplice, and uh, you know he goes. I, I get paid millions of dollars to kill people, and you uh, do it for peanuts or something like that, and uh, working for on Her Majesty's service, right? And uh, I, I thought that was a good conversation because then he was like, "Yeah, they're both killers." Um, but then, of course, they they go to this duel. Uh, you know, bad things ensue, and um, uh, it culminates with a funhouse. I should mention that Scaramanga is such a ball and assassin that uh, not only does he have uh, lots of money, he has also an extra nipple, and he also has a funhouse where he likes to kill people. And at the end of the day, James Bond, uh, this fun house happens to have all these, like, I don't know, what do you say, a famous assassins, famous uh, uh, mafioso uh, gangsters. And, uh, of course, there's a James Bond statue in there. And uh, James Bond pretends to be the James Bond mannequin and uh, ultimately shoots and kills Scaramanga. So uh, that's the general premise. Uh, it's a really absurd James Bond movie. Like, watching it again, I was like, did I like this when I was a kid? Um, so I, I don't know. Um, man, I really wish you did not ask me to do the summary of that movie. But yeah, there we go, Matt. You, I would have been just as negative, only you know, much more eloquent or much less eloquent. <laughs> uh, so all right, so I want to go first. The first thing is this is the probably the stupidest beginning to a movie I've ever seen in my life. Like the the, the funhouse at the beginning is just uh, it's so stupid. Yep. And and then. I, like you, th- you think you get through that, and you think, well, this movie, there's no way this movie could possibly get worse. <laughs> it actually does. So I forgot. So it's been quite a while since we did the last, the last one, and I had forgotten how bad of an actor Roger Moore actually is. Like he's bad, um, but he's not the worst actor in this movie. <laughs> like, like some of, the, I mean, I like. 
I'm pretty sure like this movie's like filled with extras. Like they used up all their budget on Roger Moore and Christopher. What was his name? Um, Lee. Yeah, Christopher Lee. Lee. And then the like the rest of the actors are just like extras or whatever. They're all like really bad. And then apparently the best way to get an Asian person to understand you when they don't speak English is to talk really slowly. Uh, uh, for the record, Matt, as the requisite Asian person, that happens to me when I go uh, to like Florida. So I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> English is really good. You know, I'm a prof, right? I, I, anyways, like, like, like when he, when he's trying when he first makes it when he first goes into goes to Asia and he's trying to find the 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 guy who made the golden gun yeah and, and he's he's talking to the asian family like oh like oh my i like i knew vince is going to talk about this <laughs> like like it's I, well, well so here's racist. the guy that okay so they went to asia to see the guy the asian guy that made the gun but he's not asian i, I just don't understand that one <laughs> The random people in Asia that have the uh, British accent is just really weird. What did you say, Ricky? Everyone knows that's where you go when you're hiding out. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, to be fair, I think with the English accent, because they were actually, once again, um, they were using the very topical stuff. Uh, it's very 70s, because um, you remember in the 19, late 70s, uh, there was a huge push because Hong Kong, as you might recall, is a colony of Britain. Uh, they, they, China had to uh, concede Hong Kong to the British as a colony uh, for a hundred years during the Opium Wars, and um, as a result, uh, a lot of Chinese people were really eager to um, get rid of the British uh, by because the deadline was 1997. So you can imagine, 20 years prior, uh, there, there was a real generation going, "Look, my my generation, my kids will not live under British rule." So it, the the whole film is taking place predominantly in Hong Kong, which is at that point in time uh, a kind of pressure cooker of like anti-British sentiment, but also knowing full well that the British regime was able to prevent the communist regime coming in, um, and that all those Chinese all those Chinese folks, my dad, for example, speaks with a bit of an English accent, which is weird, right? And and meanwhile, my uncle and my and my uh, cousins they speak with Australian accents because they got a, lot, a bunch of uh, Aussies teaching them. Uh, to die is Friday, like that kind of stuff. So it, it's weird, man. Uh, so just my the, the the thing that bothered me most about this movie wasn't this the stupid humor that flowed throughout the thing because it was some really bad bad jokes through the whole thing. It wasn't the fun house, which was a, the stupid beginning. The 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 thing that got me about this movie was the appearance of what was his name J W J W Pepper, like. Mm. It just stood out in this movie so much because why was he there? That's like, exactly. Like, like, this is the ninth movie. There's never been a single reappearance of anyone but a Bond. And it's like M and Q or whatever. But, you know, in terms of like minor, seriously minor characters, there's never been a reappearance. Like, oh, get ready it, for it, some changes because the next one you're going to see some reappearances, man. Like, and but of all the characters that they could have had to make a reappearance, they chose the 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 Louisiana or wherever the hell he was, uh, sheriff from the last movie. Fan favorite. But that's the thing. I don't get it. Like he was he in, I, I, again knowing that this is based on Ian Fleming's work. Was this ever a written character? <laughs> I'm gonna say no. I I don't know because this. This book, this book came out after Fleming died, so I'm not actually sure. 
see, the thing that I do know is that, um, what was it? Apparently, Christopher Lee, because he's so damn old, like, he played Count Dooku in Star Wars, so I kind of know a little bit about him, and I also remember him from the, the old Sherlock Holmes and stuff movies, right? But, um, the thing is, I think that, uh, at that point in time, the Hollywood studios were very much into nepotism, because Ho- Christopher Lee was, like, apparently related to Ian Fleming, okay? Um, that, that, that's what I, I understood. Um, and I'm thinking, like, maybe in the, in the set, like, the broccolis or whatever were like, yo, man, this racist sounding, uh, dude, he's cool. We should really get, it's, it's like the same reason why, like, can you explain to me, Larry <laughs> the Cable Guy? Like, like, for example, look at the Cars movies. How does someone say, you know what, let's get that Larry the Cable Guy to play Mater, right? Like, this is like, he's like, he's hot right now and he's localized, but you know what, let's make him a global sensation and put him into some international franchise. I think that's what might have happened, man. <laughs> it's just I, it, it was just so weird it, it just stood out like a sore thumb because like like wait, wait a minute like, well, first I jump in I'll tell you guys what what my because well, I, I, mean, I remembered go- that character when I watched the movie like as a kid but I'll get into that after oh the scarring the scarring <laughs> like, 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 all right so I'll just finish up for some my overall thoughts on the movie is that this is probably one of the worst Bond films we've watched so far. It's just, it's not a good movie. Uh, I will say about this. First, the music was improved at least a little bit, although they did get the whole, uh, like, racist movie. Like, because they, instead of having just the regular James Bond theme going and thing, they had to do the whole, you know, Chinese version of it. <laughs> there was some racist stuff. Come on, man. It was like comical. Like, did yeah, yeah like the, <laughs> or or even the comic book stuff. Like I'm not sure if you remember. Like the reason why the the, the driving again that we we always know the driving scenes in James Bond movies sucks ass. Right. But um, did, did you hear like even like actually they actually had cartoon sound effects. Watch the yeah. movie, and they put cartoon like like it was like it was like a Batman like you know campy kind of Batman like Adam West thing where it's like boom bang, like that kind of stuff. Like just watch that movie again. It's got sound effects where there's like cartoons, man. <laughs> so I, I, but some of the, some of the music at least was a little bit better than what I remember from the previous. Not all of it, some of it. Uh, and I will say some the technology in this one not better, but at least a little bit more interesting. You know, uh, some of the technology from the previous Bonds was just, I mean, really weird. And at least this one like had you know flying cars and shit. Wait, wait, uh, what technology was cool? Because I'm like, that 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 car with like hot glued wings flying away. <laughs> well I didn't I didn't say it was good. I just said it was cool. Like <laughs> honestly, like the watching like the you're talking about props, like everything there could have been done with a hot glue gun and like to the point where the golden gun was like literally like uh, a lighter, uh, buttons and like whatever. I can't remember like a pen. Well and I mean like, you just golden hot glue it man. For the time, that is pro- it's probably a good idea. It wasn't well executed, but it was a cool idea. You know what I mean? Um, but, like I said, overall, just not a good Bond movie. Uh, I, I can't understand. So this movie cost $7 million to make, and it made $96 million. Like, it goes to movie, the franchise makes money, man. My question is, how did Roger Moore still have another film in him after this? But don't like, they sign them on for like several, con- like like you know, like for example, Daniel Craig was signed on for a very specific finite number of movies, right? So isn't yeah, that I don't, I, I, I couldn't tell you whether or not they did that for this. Because I think they learned after, it. they probably learned after Roger, uh, after uh, Sean Connery that like, look, man, we gotta lock these guys into so a commitment, and so we don't have to like go back and forth after movies, right? 
Yeah, this is the last movie that was directed by Guy Hamilton. Uh, and it's also the last one that had uh, Harry Saltzman as the uh, producer. Uh, so after this, it's all Albert R. Broccoli, uh, or however the hell you say his name, uh, for the next like four or five films. It's just him. Mm. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of changes stuff. But I don't, uh, I don't expect uh, Roger Moore to get any better. So Ricky, what did you think of this movie? <clears throat> okay, so it was pretty cool watching this movie. Um, so here's the thing: when I watch the movies, I kind of try to watch them remembering when I watched them first. And, like, I watched them when I was a little kid in Jamaica. Um, funny thing is I'd never let my kids watch those movies at the age <laughs> I watched it at. But anyways, um, and Roger Moore is my mom's favorite Bond. Um, and I think that kind of, you know, kind of colored the way that I watched it. And just watching it now, um, I'm sort of like the flip side of you guys, um, where I was like, you know, first of all, I had the, the Bond game on N64. Mm-hmm. So whenever it starts, I always like go back to that game and it's kind of nostalgic for me. But just overall, like I, I really, like the movie um like it was fun to watch again um the funny thing is when you mentioned that um that uh that sheriff is like as a little kid in jamaica watching i remember because the only sort of American influence you got at the time was kind of like Dukes of Hazard. Mm-hmm. So seeing that sheriff, I totally thought that like all Americans were <laughs> like that. <laughs> it was like, it was like, yeah, it fits in. I mean, Dukes of Hazard. I mean, it's just like I thought everyone talked like that and they just drove their cars off. <laughs> you know, I was like. <laughs> But it's just funny that you brought it up. I mean, watching it now, it's interesting because I do see, like, these sort of racist undertones and... The the undertones? Undertones? Those aren't undertones. Those are, like, uh, maybe overtones. <laughs> the racism and the, um, you know, sort of the campy uh, uh, props and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it, it I I enjoyed it. And like I said, I think that it might be because... You know, with my mom loving that actor, it sort of colored the way I watched it when I was a kid, and it's still gonna color the way I watch it even now. So, do you think that if you hadn't watched this movie as a kid and enjoyed it back then, and your mom was in a favor of had a favorite Bond in this one, do yeah. you think you would still have the same opinion of this movie? I mean, it's uh, kind of hard to ask. But. Still. What like enjoy watching it because you guys like all the movies we've ever done. We know my taste is a little different. <laughs> um, I just don't think I would like it as much. Okay. I, I think it would sense. just be something that I would like be like, oh, okay, that was cool to watch. I'm not gonna watch it again. So so, but because of because of the nostalgia, you would you would watch this movie again. 
Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Vince, your thoughts on the movie? Uh, I, I thought I gave enough of mine. Um, <laughs> do you have? I guess you, you have any more thoughts on the movie that you'd like to share? <laughs> I mean, like going through the requisite ca- rundown on the categories. I think that uh, I'm not. A, I wasn't a big super fan of the music. I didn't really like. Nothing was memorable from it. Um, uh, I, I didn't think that uh, the production value really stepped up more. In fact, I thought that it actually went down. I mean, in the last movie, they they had like. Uh, some interesting kind of scenarios. The, the, the sets were, I mean, they were in a third world country. And let's be honest here. Back in the 1970s, your production value dollars would have gone a long, long way. Seven million dollars in East Asia in the 1970s would have got you like a palace, right? And, and now instead we got like Disney World or Chuck E. Cheese, not even Disney World, <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese Funhouse and like <laughs> gold spray kind of gun stuff. Like even the nipple thing. Like, come on, let's be honest here, yeah, man. It's so weird. That was not like, first of all, like you, you, how is it that this guy's like the most known assassin in the world and the only thing you can identify him is because he's got an extra nipple? Like, <laughs> I, 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 when you go to like the, like, you know, I don't know, the, the, the like, you know, you, you, UN police or whatever, whatever agencies, they were like, yo, man, we don't, 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 don't tell us about his face. Don't tell if he's black, Chinese or whatever. But he's got a third nipple. That, that's all we need to know, right? <laughs> Come on, man. This is like, this is so that, so it's like the production values, the story was kind of jank. Um, mind you, I, I, and you know, I, I always look at when movies come out and what they are kind of echoing as the kind of zeitgeist. So I kind of made the case that it's very like topical at that point in time, but it was like so heavy handed and ham fisted. Um, I, I think that also, uh, from a kind of just a, a, an overall legacy standpoint, uh, Matt, you said this is the last movie that Fleming wrote. No, no, this was, this was a, one of the first ones that came out based on a book after he died. So, did he have anything to actually do with this book? No. This story. Okay. Cause that would make a lot more sense now because I, 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 like, Ian Fleming was like night, like World War II, right? Like he was, he was alive then, right? I don't know if he was aware of all the geopolitical things that were going on in Asia. Uh, so I found that it was kind of weird to talk about energy crisis for a guy that was like, you know, circa World War II, right? Um, I, I also think that James Bond as a character is, I, I think this was one of those movies where you actually start realizing that the characters, uh, the character of James Bond, it's an alias because it cannot possibly be the same person, right? Like at, at no point did anyone ever say now, James Bond, Sean Connery is James Bond, Roger Moore. I think this is where like you realize James Bond is like the code name. It's got to be right. Yeah. Um, and then that that's where I think things kind of start kind of uh, <clears throat> together that I, I don't think most people thought about. And and maybe it was just to me. Um, but when they went to the other guy, like Lazenby and stuff, I think the assumption was that it's still the same character, just played with a different actor. In this yeah. case, I think that the the kind of disposition that you see in James Bond is remarkably different. Um, uh, and 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 I think that you can see that in the kind of way he treats women, um, and uh, even the the rapport with the uh, the main villain. Um, there's there's a different kind of, uh, and maybe it's also the production where it makes it seem more comical. <laughs> um, but it it, do, it it does feel very very different. The last thing I'd say about the movie though is you know I I honestly believe that um, I don't know how many movies more was signed on for, but I think they allowed him to breathe. I, I think they allowed Roger Moore to like breathe, and that's why I think without the pressure of saying if I don't do a good job, um, I will, uh, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I lose a job. I think he knew that he had like several Bond movies in the bag, so I think he felt comfortable in allowing his characters to grow. 
And just the last point would be, um, you know, Ricky, you were talking about nostalgia. Your, your, your mom, your mom was looking at this as, as her favorite bond. I'm so old that this was my bond. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm, just, I'm just gonna put it out there that that this guy, that this guy, I, again, remember I was talking about this earlier in the other Bond shows. I was like, you know, Roger Moore. I I, I look back on him fondly. I remember. Uh, one of my favorite, and this is going to bite me in the butt, because I know that when we watched it again, I'll be like, what the hell was I thinking? But I remember fondly watching Octopussy, not realizing the kind of innuendo of the name of the movie to begin with. <laughs> oh, but yeah. I, I remember watching Octopussy with, with my dad, because this is how bad yeah. it was back in the old days, um, and just going, yeah, it's it's a cool movie. And and um, so so Roger Moore and Moonraker and all the other ones, th- he's my bond, so I'm yeah. I, I, I can go with him. But this movie just really kind of oh it was, it was it was some serious cringe man. I mean, like I said, right? Like even <clears throat> like now, there's no way I would let my kids watch those movies, right? And like I mean, I my kids are a little bit younger than I was when I first watched mm-hmm. it, but I still wasn't at the age where if someone was like, okay, how old would you let your kid? watch this right i was no nowhere near that but i mean you know i think that's just the times as they are now but like you it's funny because like as a kid in jamaica where you know where where it's a third world country it's at that time it, it was way behind north america in terms of you know technology and and you know all that sort of stuff and so like i said watching it i thought you know i had a painted picture of what all americans were like um and like you um this is pretty much my james bond right like until i grew older and there was you guys are so old pierce brosnan's a pretty good pierce brosnan did a good job we'll talk about him later you know but the funny thing is i never Actually, I, I can't remember which um, which uh, movie it was when they said that 006 died. And uh, that, that was, every other movie. That, uh, it was GoldenEye that, that he officially, James Bond. Because he's Sean Bean, he died, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's one, like, one that stood out to me, and I don't think I ever got it that it was kind of like that was your secret service name and you know i i just always felt like it was just a different actor playing the same role Mm. right it was 007 it was james bond it was it was one person right Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until that movie for whatever reason it stuck out to me and it was kind of like Oh, okay. So, you know, when they die, a new person comes in and they take over that mantle, right? Whoa, because they run out of numbers or something. Spoiler right? alert for the la- for the for the last James Bond movie. So, shh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, I have a couple we're gonna have to do, We should do that before. We're not going to wait till we get to the end to <laughs> do. that it'll be out for like 5 years <laughs> at our current pace, probably more than longer than that. <laughs> we still got a long ways to go. Guys. Um, all right, so a couple things. It'll be interesting to see as we go along now how – because at this point, we start having books created for the movies, right? Before before this, we had movies that were – just or books that were just 
or movies that were just based on the books that mm-hmm. previously existed. Now we're having books that are made in order to be made into movies. So I don't know how, really how much influence the, the the movie owners had on the you know like the productions of the books. So it'll be interesting to see how kind of uh, how this stuff diverts because it's very. I mean, we all know that books made based on movies are usually pretty bad. Um, because and as you, I mean, just like how movies based on books are usually, or sometimes at least, pretty bad. Uh, they don't the the medium doesn't really correspond very well because they don't follow the books or the books don't follow the movies, whatever. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes over the next few films and how far this kind of diverts from the way it felt when Ian Fleming actually wrote the books. I, I, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, like, you know, you're talking about how sp- stories and books are related to the movie production. I mean, let's be honest here. Uh, at, at some point, I'm not sure which how many movies ago, but we know that James Bond movies tend to follow the same tropes. James Bond starts off with a action scene. There is uh, an excuse to like there's never a domestic terrorism issue there, there's nothing that that's like let's stay in london james okay no no they go around the world he inevitably uh finds out a, a beautiful woman who is inevitably like somehow related to the big villain right he gets introduced to a bunch of new toys uh you know something happens as a betrayal he ends up sleeping with you know x y and z bond uh bond villain's girlfriend or whatever um, there's usually a, 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 a turn where she or he uh, helps someone, uh, she helps him and, uh, something blows up and like that, that rinse and repeat. Like, honestly, that like, tell me, tell me that I am not giving you the bond script playbook for every single bond. No, movie point on. But here's the real point. question though. If they change up the script, will it flop? That's the real question. I mean, but I mean, Really, do they ever? They don't change, I mean, right? Like, you look at even the Daniel Craig movie. Yeah, but maybe change. that's why they don't change it is because they're afraid that if they do, like, you know, if if you mess, like, it, it's an established, it's an established kind of, um, <clears throat> what do you call it, lineage, whatever, like a whole bunch of, so if you change it and you ruin that, like, you're not gonna be fired. You're gonna be like blacklisted. Like. Right, but I mean, the tone of the movies has changed. I mean, yes, we still had stupid humor moments in the Sean Connery era, but this movie was nothing but comedy, like throughout the whole thing. This was not an action movie, not really. This was a comedy movie, and the last one was a comedy movie. Like there's there's just so many stupid jokes and you you, you brought in the 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 sheriff and it was you know it's inter- the the because the, the to- it feels like at least to me it feels like the tone has shifted throughout the nine movies to the point where it's no longer like a pure I mean, maybe it wasn't even ever a pure you know action movie because there's always that comedic sense through some of the things like some of the 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 because they tried to make bond funny like to have those like one-liners or whatever mm-hmm. but this one seemed like it had well, way more of them and like the entire cast you know uh played a part in like every line that they had so be uh, i don't i wonder if they're going to continue to lean into that the 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 like the, the, the comedy because i have so you guys are talking about your Bond. Like, this is your Bond. My Bond was Pierce Brosnan. Like, he was the first Bond, Bond that I ever watched all the movies of. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, I had seen a couple of the Connery movies before that, but I don't – I was really young, and I don't really re- – I couldn't even tell you which ones they were. Like, I, we, we've watched them now, but I couldn't tell you 
uh, like nothing stood out to me mm-hmm. from the, that time. I was like, I'm like maybe four or five years old. I don't, I think I don't even know. Like it was in the background playing. Good parents. So, good, good. good. <laughs> well, I mean, it was at somebody else's house, so you can't really blame them. Even better, your parents wouldn't even. Just stick my child. No way of getting out of it, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I just keep digging that hole. Uh, but, but anyways, Brosnan was my first experience with like a, a Bond that I remember, and uh, even in that era. There was a lot of this whole comedic sense in the thing. Like some of the the lines in Brosnan films are just atrocious. They're like they're not funny at all. Like it, it's so weird how this unfunny comedy has kind of uh, gone throughout the entire era of Bond. Like it's just like it's always there. It's like and, and and you can't even blame like a single writer because each one of these movies have a, a different writer. So you, like you think it, uh, I'm 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 waiting for the Bond film that uh, like has a writer that actually is funny like they can do because like, they're obviously wanting to do the comedy thing like eventually they're gonna have a writer that can do you know comedy instead of just really poor well, maybe jokes. Maybe they right? do it. Maybe they do it on purpose because if they go too far into comedy, like James Bond is has always been and will always be like an action, cool gadgets, killing, you know what I mean? So I don't, I, maybe they do it on purpose where they, there's like a strict line where they're like, yeah, we're never going to pass this line because then it's going to take away from what it's supposed to be and it's going to become this comedy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, it's like if you watch. Um, I mean, you guys might not have ever watched this, but it's like you think of funny shows in the past, right? And there were like, um, you know, Red Dwarf, which mm-hmm. is just a, a campy comedy. If they started to put in, you know, okay, a, a good example. You guys are gonna laugh, but it's like if you watch or when we watch the Fast and the Furious franchise. No, when that started, it was all about cars because at the time, throughout uh, North America, that was the in thing. Wait, are and, you telling me that Fast and Furious movies don't have plots? And then <laughs> after that, it transitioned into action, and the cars just started playing less and less and less of a role. Well, like There's the latest ones are all like spy movies now, right? I mean, basically. Well, exactly right, and that's because. North American viewers and staff started getting less into the, you know, street racing, modified cars. It, it was declining. And so their movie transitioned, right? And so with Bond, I'm saying maybe it's a thing where they don't want to go too far into the comedy because they don't want to take away from the main pull of the film. Mm. It's you know possible. what? I would, I would, I would kind of agree with that sentiment insofar as for the James Bond movies, at least what we're seeing right now is that Roger Moore was clearly, sorry, um, Sean Connery was setting the tone for, um, you know, the James Bond is like a cold killer, you know, you know, has to do, get his hands dirty, wet works for the British government, right? Um, but I can, I could agree with what Ricky's saying about Roger Moore because, um, I, I, one thing that I'm not sure if you guys picked up on, but ask yourself this. How many people died in this James Bond movie? I only 
can imagine uh, like maybe uh, maybe a dozen or so. And of those dozen people that die in this movie, exclu- I think one and a half are James Bond. Like one, he kills Scaramanga, right? In the in the shot in the shootout, right? Yeah. And two, or maybe half, is the kid that he drowns, right, off the boat, right? So outside of that, you, you just watch the movie, and you're like, compare that to all like the, you know, where where you know in in the last uh, James Bond movie, like he killed people left right. He he had he, he like he blew someone up, didn't he? Like wasn't it? Like yeah, I mean, like so this is where I think that again, this late seventies. Um, you know, people like you got to understand in America, they didn't just have race, racist sheriffs, but they also had like, you know, PTA groups going against like Dungeons and Dragons is worshiping Satan. Kiss is rock and roll is going to corrupt. So I can see this kind of sentiment where it's like, let's play down the kind of killer assassin part of James Bond. But we're going to play up his like, you know, maybe the comedy stuff later on. I remember in the Roger Moore, uh, James Bond, you're going to see more of the Transformers gadgets kind of stuff coming about. And then when you get like. You know, we get Matt's James Bond, Pierce Brosnan, who's like the sexy lover boy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that's it's always about bagging hot chicks, right? That that's that's that premise, right? And then then you get to the Daniel Craig one, which is like no nonsense. He's got internal turmoil and stuff like that, but he's still a cold badass, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so I can see the kind of shifting identities of James Bond emerging with the times, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, because Daniel Craig's James Bond is around the time where you have, like, um, what's that movie? Oh, Expendables. And, you know, it's it's this, like, very, you know, very macho, very, like, you know, like the hero is just a total badass, yep. right? So, but- like, that's where, you know, they went with that one and... But so you know, but, but I, I think it's interesting because you know I, I know we're gonna get to this later on when we get old and watch the I should get to the Daniel Craig movies, but um, <laughs> I, I think I should mention that one thing that it just dawned on me. You know, if my thesis holds correct, um, then if you watch the Daniel Craig movies, there's a point um, when you know the first James Daniel Craig movie, it's like you know he's a badass and all stuff, but he has he falls in love with Vesper, right? In the subsequent movie, you may recall like he actually says something like "f that." bitch or whatever right like he basically he's like he's like and then the but then between that the second movie and the third movie me too happens right and yeah. this big push against like you know oh man we don't want to have a misogynistic james bond stuff and then what happens is that uh you might still have james bond with the hot ladies but there's a greater sensitivity and awareness that you do not do anything bad to those women james bond um that, that third uh, one was was that sky i don't remember um, that was in the Javier Bardem or whatever his name was as the villain. Yeah, yeah. So and then after that it's Spectre and then the, then the last one. And when you watch those movies in succession, you can see there's everything from Me Too to Black Lives Matter to everything uh, in those movies. And I just think that it's 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 very topical and and you can see like he is the woke James Bond. And when you watch the last, did you guys watch the last one? I haven't I haven't watched Not the last yet. two yet. Honestly. Okay. Okay. Uh, wait, Rick, did you watch it? No, not yet. Okay, because I don't want to spoil it, but uh, mark my words. You record. We're recording this right now. When you watch that last one, you'll be like, "Holy cow, Vince! Your thesis is dead on. That right. it is a reflection. Uh, it's a holding a James Bond now is holding a mirror to society." Yeah. Uh, and maybe it always has been because every time we talk about one of these, there's always been there's been influence of what has been going on at the time. Uh, 
what I found interesting in this one is that um, we really, I mean, other than it being set in Asia, we didn't really get a sense of anything about Vietnam because this is t- right towards the end of Vietnam. So, um, well, I, I mean, it's it's really at that point, I think it was less so Vietnam and because that, that's an American thing. Um, but I think it was Cambodia because I think I think James Bond is is more international, right? Um, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely true. right. Um, but but I think it was just that. Cambodia at that point in time was like where there was massacres. I'm not saying not to diminish Vietnam's massacres, but like there were like people like getting incinerated and it's like mass genocide. So I think they were kind of worried about that stuff going down. And on that happy note, I think that's where we're going to end. So the what what my plan is, fellas, is I'm not going to select any more movies. Okay, every time it's my turn, we will do a Bond movie. Ah. That, that up perfectly because every time it's my turn, we're going to do a Fast and Furious. I thought we were doing them all at once. No, we're going to do them one by one, just like <laughs> oh, 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 God, that's so much worse. Wait, wait, wait can't you just watch them all in uh, one the sitting? The next one we're going to be doing is the very first one, um, where it all started. Okay. Okay. Um, did you watch the? Um, I'm not sure if you watched. Uh, oh, who's the guy from The Daily Show? Um, the, the so black guy, Trevor Sorry? Noah. No, or, no, no. The other guy. The other guy. Uh, the other guy. He he has a he has a special that just came out. Trevor Noah. No, no, no. no. Trevor Noah's the host, but there's another guy. Um, the other black guy. The other, <laughs> yeah, the other black guy. <laughs> Two black guys. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, he he has a special, and he actually has a little bit of a dig at, at um the whole premise of the Fast and Furious, where he's like, "Look, man, what happens in that movie is basically." Paul Walker is a cop, and he infiltrates. And, and like, am I correct in this one, Rick? Yep. He infiltrates this uh, uh, this uh, kind of uh, fast car racing racing ring, and it's led by you know uh, a Persian, black, Italian. We don't know what he is, but whatever, right? And and maybe he's well, black, right? What? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be Hispanic. Oh. Because later on, when they go to Cuba, his cousin is there. Well, I mean, you could have black people in Cuba too. But anyways, so the whole premise of of, of the it's supposed to be like Italian. Okay, listen to me. Listen, the premise is that assuming that he's black, uh, the comedian's thing is like you should always let a black guy go because if you watch what happens, um, basically you watch all the Fast and Furious. Paul Walker letting like because he's done all the all the crazy stuff. Apparently, at the end of Fast and Furious one, spoiler alert. Uh, he lets the, he lets he lets Vin Diesel go, right? The black yeah. guy go, right? Yeah. So 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 his thing is so his thing was like, look, man, you watch that movie, a white cop lets a black guy go, and look what happens. Every single movie, they're fighting crime, they're fighting terrorists. He bangs the United Nations. He gets the he gets the the Hispanic girl. He gets the the white people. He gets the the Chinese or the the Japanese dude from Korea or China, whatever, and he brings them all together, and they solve and they get world peace, man. That's all for just letting one white cop letting the black guy go. <laughs> Right, and then he makes sense. That's his whole manifesto, and you're just like, yeah, you know what? That actually does make sense. Now I'm actually going to be enlightened, apparently. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. All right. So that's. So just great. look at it with with that in mind. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly the light of the, we were going <laughs> to critique that movie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so, anyways, like like I was like I was saying, I'm going to do Bond movies every time it's my turn. And the next one we're going to be doing is The Spy Who Loved Me. So that came out in 1977. So, And Ricky's next turn will be uh, the, the first Fast and the Furious movie, which came out in, like, what, the early 2000s or some crazy shit? Like 1999? Is it before the 2000s? 
I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. It's been, a, I mean, that, that franchise is older than most, like, I mean, <laughs> is it, like, like the, the kids who, who were born when that movie first came out are in college now. Yeah. Like, or maybe even graduated college. How old was Vin Diesel when he's in that movie? Because then, like, that dude's got to be like sixty. I mean, I'm just holy jeez. Oh no! If you watch it, like, he was very young. Vin Diesel uh, is fifty-four years old. And then after we finish that, we're going to be doing uh, Pitch Black. That's only two movies. That's only two movies. That's good. That. Yeah. Who's those movies first? Then? <laughs> uh. There is uh by the time probably 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 by the time we get Fast and the Furious done there'll probably be twelve movies of it because so, they're on the tenth one so <laughs> wait wait it's 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 Fast in Space isn't it <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway so that is it for us this time you know what's coming up uh we all have to rely on Vince to save us and choose some actually good movies because for a while for a while at least Ricky and I will be choosing just horrendous <laughs> movies to watch so. Damn. <laughs> Vince, you better choose us some good movies after, because uh, you, uh, you st- just start like thinking on that. Musicals. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, well, like this. <laughs> you you want you want to know what, Ricky? It would serve your ass right if we had to do some musicals. <laughs> we, if we had to do Fast and the Furious, damn it, we're so going to do Les Mis. Oh, I, although I think we've oh, we did, we we already did Les Mis, right? Yeah, we made him do Les Mis because we t- we talked about how. Uh, um, what, what's his name? Russell, can't Russell Crowe can't sing. Russell yeah. Crowe. Yeah, he can't sing. Anyways, right, anyway, that's it for this time. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so at the three cast on Twitter. Uh, you can. I, we have an email address. I couldn't tell you what it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm at MTWB on Twitter. Vince is VWHUI. Ricky is Ricky underscore Williams. One out of the three of us. I'm pretty sure Vince probably tweets the most. Uh, so definitely follow us on Twitter because it's just party times 24-7. Uh, and that is it for us this time. Uh, we'll see you next time. It won't be two months this time, I promise. Stay safe, everyone. Take care, guys.